Did you know students start losing interest in STEM in middle school? How can we reverse this trend and keep them excited about science and engineering? In today's The STEM Space episode, I share some interesting results from my middle school space club program. I wanted to know how the number of hours attending space club impacts the results on a STEM interest survey. But Claire's a big skeptic of statistics, so we had a great conversation on the role of research in education. Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends. This is the STEM Space Podcast. <laughs> so the thing with statistics, especially in education, and I I have so many issues with it because it's so fuzzy, even though it's math and there's equations and there's numbers and you just have to realize that there's a lot of things you can't control in education. So whenever we present data, we're like, okay, so we found that this intervention, this engineering design challenge improved science scores for kids in a sixth grade classroom in Kansas, which is a public school, the kids are predominantly white. You know what I mean? You just go on and on and on and you're like, and so for these kids, we see evidence. And if you can frame the results on like, as much as you can explain, that's the way we try to do it in statistics, but it's really hard to take that and extrapolate it out. Yes, and that's what frustrates me. I feel like you can, there. I believe there was a story when we were in college in undergrad where there was research that was being done and they presented this graph of the results of their data and they were explaining it. And then one of the professors was like, wait, isn't that upside down? And then the guy, the grad student was like, oh yeah. And then flipped it. And then it was like, so actually, and then it ended up explaining it again. It's like, well, <laughs> if you can just do that by explaining well, these are my assumptions. And, you know, it's like, well, is it really data? And what can you really do with that? If you can Such just doubt it clear. away. <laughs> I am. Okay. So well, let me, let me reel this back in. I am sorry for doubting you, but you have done a big project. Thanks for this. Uh, yes. talk. So we're about to present a stats project, which I don't believe anything you're about to present. <laughs> So in other words, convince me. I'm just kidding. No, you've been doing this stats project that you've told me nothing about. And I do believe that we should be getting data from what we do so that we know that it's effective. So what is your project? What did you do? Well, I still have to address <laughs> some things you said. One of the things we talked about in our class, uh, this is my second like statistical research class, is ethics. And the problem in education, it's called, in any kind of field actually, when you're using statistics, it's called fishing, fishing for results. Mm. And this happens all the time. And this is why you probably don't trust data because there's a lot of data scientists out there that go into massive archives of data. And they're like, well, what if we put this with this, with this? So there was a recent article in, I think it was science and we'll link it in the show notes. And it, tried to say that there was a correlation between when you're driving on the highway, you know, those signs that have like different, you know, safe driving or put away your phone hmm. on the highway. So there was a campaign a while back that was putting how many deaths were happening on the highway. So like 
310 people have died this year on U.S. highways, okay? And they actually found a correlation between the highways that posted the number of deaths and an increase in people that died on those highways. What? Yeah. And so that's like shocking, right? So you're telling me that by you're like putting these statistics to hopefully decrease deaths, you're actually increasing deaths. Uh, but the okay. increase was 1%. Oh, okay. And, so I... <laughs> and when I looked at it, I was like, this effect is so small. And the way they got this number is through phishing. So they went through all this data and they were trying to find what could cause an increase in traffic deaths on highways. And so that that's the one that seemed to be statistically significant. And so we can throw this word around statistically significant because you ran a statistical test and you found that there was, it was statistically different than zero, but was that actually correlation is not causation, right? Mm -hmm. There could have been something else going on on those roads. What was the control group? There wasn't one. There wasn't like a control group of highways with not without the sign compared to those oh. with it, you know? <laughs> they just picked that? That's so to preface that is you, you have to be very ethical when you do these tests. And that's the one thing I really appreciate in this class. So what I'm going to present to you <laughs> is the study on Space Club. So these are numbers from my kids in San Antonio. And so what I wanted to look at, I have a data for an entire year of Space Club. And I kept track of how many times those kids came to my program. And was there an increase in interest or attitudes towards STEM? So okay. what do you think? If my kids come more often, do you think they're going to have an increase in interest? Is it an increase in interest in your STEM program or STEM in general? Great question. Hold that thought. We'll get to it. Okay. Thinking ahead. Okay, so with the class, I gave them a background of my story of becoming an educator, and then I presented them with this research study that found students see STEM as mostly white, male, and middle class. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this. And I pulled up some Google images, and a lot of our fictional characters are white, male, and middle class. So Claire, what am I showing you? You're showing me a picture of from The Martian. Mm -hmm. uh, something from Iron Man. And then of course, from, I mean, these are all movies where all of the science scientists or engineers or whatever, they're all white middle-class <laughs> men. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's what kids see. So they think that's what people who go to STEM are like. And so then I'm going to go quickly through some numbers, but basically I was like, are we actually underrepresented? So if STEM is seen as mostly white and male, is that actually true? And the answer is yes. So there are certain groups, uh, minority groups that are still underrepresented. Hispanic, African-American, American Indian, Alaska Natives are still underwhelmingly represented in STEM fields. And then women, this is interesting. So women make up 60% of the number of college degrees but we only make about 20% of STEM degrees. So the, the graph you're looking at right now is computer science. And in 1998, we actually had 27% of women graduating with bachelors in computer science. And that's actually gone down to 2018 to 20%. So we're actually seeing less women entering certain STEM fields. 
Interesting. That's really interesting with computer science because all the, the push for coding and all the different applications that they have now that are available to girls. Girls that's who not code. effective. Yeah, yeah, girls who code. Yeah, what happened? And there is an increase in other fields like biology and chemistry, chemical engineering. We are seeing increases in women in those fields, but there's like aerospace, like our our mm. major electrical engineering still overwhelmingly male but i was kind of shocked by this computer science one that we're actually going down the bachelor's level so something work still to be done and then just looking at jobs in general so not just college degrees but 24 percent of stem jobs are by women even though we make almost 50 percent of the workforce okay so that's kind of right on par with how people are graduating so that's what you would expect right yep and it's depends So STEM is so broad. And so are we talking about biology or science or computer science? So I like where it's split up by type of industry or type Mm -hmm. of job, I think is more informative, but just kind of big picture. Yeah, because I I would assume that the medical field would be a little bit different. Right. Yeah, so it just depends. So that kind of goes into what I'm doing here. So I had to kind of give you the backstory. So I kind of dug into the research and there's this idea of a leaky pipeline. So as kids get older, they're becoming less and less interested in STEM fields. And this really interesting study looked at eighth graders and they asked them in eighth grade, do you want to go into science? And those, and then they actually asked those same kids many years later when they're in their twenties, where they ended up. So it was like Mm, this long-term study. So in eighth grade, if they said, yes, I want to study science, they were much more likely to actually pursue a science or engineering degree, 3.4 times more likely. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of saying if you can hook them in middle school and get them interested, they're more likely to persist and stay on that track. Okay. Was there a reason why they asked eighth grade? They think that's the prime time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so there was a previous study. So you can see that one in 20, 2003 found that this like leaky pipeline is around age 11. So sixth, seventh grade is when we're seeing a lot of kids lose interest. And so they're like, okay, so middle school seems to be the time when we're seeing a change in interest. So if we can keep them engaged in middle school, we're a better chance to keep them on long term. Okay. And space closed in middle school. So that's why that is important. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So uh, space club is an after-school program. And so there's now this huge uh, rise in after-school programs focused on STEM. And there was this big survey that was like, wow, if you're engaged in a STEM program, you're going to have much higher interest in STEM. But there's not any research on how often you need to go. So like you go to a program once or you have to go every day for a year there's not really a study on that. Huh. And that's where my study comes in. (laughs) So this is Space Club. We've talked about it in the past. We'll link in the show notes, but it's this year-long after-school program, October through May. Kids meet once a week after school, and I ran this in four middle schools down in San Antonio. It was free to any kid. Some of the, the demographics. So it's a Title I school, majority of kids are low SES, majority are Hispanic, and I have about 40% girls, 60% boys. So those are my kids in the program. So I'm going to avoid some statistical language here. (laughs) Thank you. Claire, you're going to keep me grounded. (laughs) 
I had two research questions. So I want to know, if you come to Space Club more often, are you going to have a higher interest in STEM controlling for your initial interest? So kids might come in with different levels in the pretest. So I want to know what those levels are and then how they change to the post-test, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I want to know, does gender matter? So does gender change that relationship of ours to post-interest? Okay. Okay. Good questions. Yeah. I'm going to get back to that first question you asked me on like interest in what? What do you mean by STEM? Mm-hmm. So I got the survey from the Parent Institute. They were our evaluators. They handed us the survey and the questions you see here. Can you read a couple of them? Question number one is I get excited about STEM. I like to participate in STEM projects. I want to understand STEM. I like to see how things are made. Or I get excited to learn about new discoveries. I pay attention when people talk about the environment. So this is talking about different types of, I guess, facets of STEM too. I'm curious to learn more about cars that run on electricity. I'm interested in STEM inventions. I would like to have a STEM job in the future, or I enjoy playing games that teach me about STEM. Those are some, uh, a good variety of questions. Yeah. So this was a 40 question survey, uh, which is a lot for Mm. middle school. I could tell you having implemented, they did not (laughs) take them all seriously. Luckily, these were the first 10. So I'm hoping that they were focused on those. I picked these because this was meant to be interest in STEM. Others are more about the type of classes you're going to take, the careers, Mm. kind of career focused it's from the Parent Institute. It's available online. Anybody can use the survey. It's called the Common Instrument Suite Student Survey. Now, the thing I've learned in class is you've got to make sure that there's some validation to the survey. What that means. When I ask a kid, I get excited about STEM. I have certain things that I am thinking they interpret that question to mean. Do they actually read it the same way it's written? Maybe, maybe not. And that's what we mean by validation. Like it is actually giving you the results that you think it's Hmm. testing. Okay. So I I dug and I was like, there's got to be someone who did work on validating this. And there was. However, all those times you said STEM, they use the word science. So the questions that were validated are, I get excited about science. I like to participate in science projects. Hmm. And science to me is very different than STEM. So for yes. our survey, they literally plugged, took out the word science and plugged in STEM. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> and I have never used the word STEM in my program. Like I don't go around saying you're in a STEM club. I'm like, you're in space club. Space okay. is cool. And we've talked about marketing to kids. And so there's some issues there on the survey itself. And when we presented the survey, it was just like, tell us how you feel about STEM, not tell us how you feel about Space Club. Oh, interesting. Okay. So did you have any like preface to giving this out of let's define STEM first? So you know how to answer this. So this is a national survey. It was given to like hundreds of after-school programs. So we had a script. And so the script defined STEM as science, technology, engineering, and math. That's okay. it. That's what the kids got. And the kids know that they there's a STEM early college high school that they could go to. So they have 
ideas of what STEM is, so it's not totally foreign, but there's limitations. I also gave this to them in October, their first week of Space Club, and then I gave it to them in May. Any issues you see there? <laughs> yes, because we are in May right now, and the kids are so checked out, and uh, I would think it would be really hard to get them to take anything seriously. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> it was really hard, um, but that's what they wanted, so that's what we did. So let's dig into what happened. So here's a bunch of numbers for you. These are just the variables. We're just going to skip that part. Okay. <laughs> okay. It, would you like to see what you're looking at? I, <laughs> would you Would you like me to read the Greek? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> That's all I needed you to say. There's a bunch of Greek on the side. <laughs> Greek on this. Uh... More Greek. We're have okay. So what I'm doing is I'm checking all the numbers to make sure they meet the criteria for what I'm about to do a regression analysis to answer my statistical question. Doesn't matter. Let's just keep going. Pass okay. the check. Let's get you to some results. Okay, yes. here's a graph that means nothing to you. In the end, the number of hours was not at all correlated to their final interest in STEM. Even when I accounted for pre-interest, it did not go up. It did not go down. There was just no correlation. Like it was all oh. over the place. Yeah. What do you think about that? I think that would be really frustrating to spend all that work and you made some really pretty graphs and right? wrote some big crazy equations. But I but also I think that leads to more questions, which is always good. Mm -hmm. About well, were they already interested in the level that you would expect coming into Space Club? And that's why they joined it. So they just kept that motivation going. Nothing changed. Exactly. Yeah. They came in with already a positive interest in STEM. So we gave them a scale of one to five and they're above a three. So they're closer to a four in interest. And so it was hard to move the needle in interest. I also didn't find any difference with, between boys and girls. So they all, if you were to plot it, they do increase in interest, but slightly. And it wasn't mm -hmm. significant for both boys and girls. So there was another study that actually looked at a control group. So they looked at over a 12-week period of time, kids that were in the STEM camp versus those that were not. The kids that were in the STEM camp had no change. And you're like, oh, okay. But the kids that were not in the STEM camp went down over 12 weeks. Oh. So this actually might be a positive result in that it, over an entire year of middle school, their sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, they actually didn't lose interest. They started really high and they left still liking STEM and wanting to learn about how things are made, interested in pursuing a STEM job. I did unfortunately not have a control group, so I can't compare, but mm -hmm. kind of looking at other research, this might be a positive result. Ooh, that makes so much sense. Yeah, because I was when we started talking about this, I was thinking about why, why is it in middle school that kids are no longer interested in STEM? Is it because it gets hard, like science and math and their core classes, it gets pretty crazy in middle school. That's when you start doing some more intense stuff like advanced algebra and things that 
kids just aren't interested anymore. You don't do the cool science projects that you did in elementary school. So that's when they're like, oh, never mind. I'm checking out of this. But if you have something that's not graded as an after school program where they actually get to pursue their interests, that's how you should maintain it. So this is kind of a, hey, this is why we do what we do yep. with Space Club. Yeah. And I came in like, oh, I probably, they all went up. And of course, by being in space club, you know, but then when I started really thinking about the data, a lot of my kids, a third of those kids in this data set were returning space club students. So they were seventh and eighth graders that had had a year or two years of space club with me. So I've had time to build up that interest if it was low. And so it's really has nowhere to go, Mm -hmm. um, but down and it did not So I feel like, (laughs) Yay. And what I think is going to be really interesting, I have another year of data where I did a mid-year check. So I did October, Mm -hmm. January, and May. I want to see if that January actually had something different. But I also know where these kids ended up. So I know which of these students went into STEM early college high school or picked the STEM track. So in Texas, you can pick a certain career track. And I don't have the statistical tools to do anything with that until next semester. Oh, so wait until I know. <laughs> and so I was talking to my professor. I was like, I need to know if there's a relation <laughs> between their interest in in space club to where they ended up. And she was like, just wait, it's coming. Why can't it be as simple as just, well, then this percentage of space club kids ended up in STEM stuff. Cause we're going to do, it's more of a correlation. So we basically build a model to see which of these variables impact where they end up. So is it hours in space club? So those that came more consistently ended up picking it are more likely to pick it. Boys, girls, I can look at sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. So number of years in space club. So I can basically build this whole model, which can be interesting because I think as an after-school provider, and the reason I kind of was thinking this is important it's really hard to get kids to stay all year and it's really hard to get them to come consistently. So what if I only need them to come once a month, you know, to make an interest, uh, a change in interest or maintaining it or to get them to stick with that pathway? What if I should focus more on girls versus boys? Like maybe it doesn't really impact boys as much. So I think there's a lot of important questions that maybe I can answer. Yes. And I would also like to know what is it that's competing against interest in STEM? Is there also some correlation between like, oh, well, then this sport starts being offered at this year. So then everybody checks out because they're like, oh, STEM versus football. I'm going to choose football or or something else. Like at my school, there's now going to be some sort of STEM elective and it competes with band. It also competes with the yearbook club or whatever. So if there's other competing things, it what's the draw? And more than half, I want to say, of my kids are sixth graders because of sports. So mm. we get everybody in sixth grade because they're not allowed to do any sports yet. And then seventh and eighth grade in our the middle schools, they can do band, like you said, band and cheerleading and football and all the things. And they're always in the same time. And I'm like, okay, you're in football. You do football five days a week. Can I get one day a week for STEM to help your future career, you know? Yes. 
No, yes. coaches are no. so mean. <laughs> <laughs> so I've negotiated. I, I've had some kind of interesting conversations with coaches and they'll, <laughs> they'll like, okay, you can have them from 345 to 415, but then they have to go. And I'm like 30 minutes. Like you barely get out of school. <laughs> like the bell rings at 340. Oh yeah. There's gotta be something else. And then also how much STEM is done in the classroom, not just after yeah. school. I oh, think yeah. that's a big question too. How much STEM do kids need? Like in general, mm-hmm. I would like to know. What is your opinion? What do you think? It depends on what we're asking, right? So this is just looking at interest. Um, and we've talked about the difference between getting them excited to pursue engineering and science and then actually prepare them. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they need it every day, all day. <laughs> to be like prepared. Um, We should always be teaching science and math. But in terms of like actively thinking about their interest. Oh, that's a good question. I would say a couple times a month, kids should have a positive experience with something very hands on and connected to the real world. Because that's what got my kids excited about STEM, science, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they would be in their science classroom. And unfortunately it was a very traditional classroom with worksheets and just projecting, you know, Mm. text. And it was so boring, but then they would come to space club and be like, Oh, I need to know that for my space lander. I need to know that for my rocket design. And that kept them motivated. And it was just once a week. I was, I only saw them for two hours a week, but that was enough to kind of keep them going. Yeah. So if we can somehow promote that to teachers who are just in the classroom, yeah then I think that's what we need to do, especially for middle school. If that's where the the time is, then we need to make sure that, that teachers are supported and being able to, to use that. And middle school is where you're kind of figuring out who you are. It's a really rough time. <laughs> that's why I love middle school. Honestly, they're difficult students sometimes, but they're so lost and they need you and they act out. But then you see like that kid side in them you know still there deep still down there. yeah they still there. <laughs> behind the goth makeup and the purple hair and the, you know and the braces and the bangs yeah. bad choices so many bad choices but behind that there's still <laughs> that place where you can spark their interest with a rocket launch mm-hmm. and eventually set them on some course to be successful in the future even if it's not stem just something to see that that they see that education is important and it can exactly. take places and that was the goal of Space Club. How do we keep kids in school? Because these were the at-risk students, at risk of mm-hmm. dropping out for whatever reason. And that was my priority. How do I get you coming back to school every day? Yeah. Man, you have a lot of questions to answer. And I have more mm-hmm. questions. So keep doing your stats thing. And I will support you. Did I you. convince you? <laughs> I see how it can be useful. I, But I think you were right when you said earlier on, I've been tainted by how much misuse mm-hmm. of statistics there is out there. So thank you for being a reasonable voice. It's all about <laughs> ethics. I feel like I could have given you the answer of increasing interest if I just picked the kids. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I, I could have twisted this into, yeah, they all increased. And then I just threw out the numbers that I didn't like. Right. <laughs> yeah. Thank so, you for not doing that. I did not. I trust honest. you. <laughs> Well, I look forward to after this next class, you giving us more information, 
but we'll definitely link in the show notes about how you can bring Space Club to your school and other resources on getting your kids more interested in academics in general through STEM. So thank you, Natasha. STEM Space out. Thank you.